I'm not mad. I'm just irritated. Welcome, everybody. You have found the podcast. I'm not mad. I'm just irritated. I'm your host, Bill Flanagan. And today, we have a special episode. Guys, I admit, I listen to a lot of podcasts. And I've had a couple of friends of mine tell me I need to cut back on the true crime podcast. But I listen to all kinds of podcasts. And you're going to benefit from that today. I often find a good podcast and I text it to my son. And I only send him the best of the best. And he trusts my uh, judgment. And when he gets the podcast, I mean, he chews through them. I mean, if I find one that might be a year or two old and you could go through all the episodes, binge them one after the other, you know, I'll talk to him a couple days later. I said, well, have you started listening to such and such? He goes, oh, I'm done. I did it all. He likes to listen to podcasts like I do in the car. So when he goes to work and he's coming home from work, he'll often listen to the podcast I send him. Sometimes he'll listen to my podcast. But today I'm going to do you a favor and give you some, not all, but some of the best podcasts that I have ever listened to. If you don't listen to podcasts, you're late to the party. And I was too. Up until about a year ago, I didn't listen to many podcasts. But during the pandemic, I had to find something to do other than sit in front of a television screen. And so what I would do is I might walk the dog or wash the car or mow the yard, and I would listen to a podcast. And now when I'm in the car, I listen to podcasts probably more than I listen to music. I I listen to music back at home in my office in my little cave. I don't listen to podcasts there, but when I'm out doing things, I listen to podcasts, especially when I'm walking all these mutts, because that takes about an hour in the morning. So today, in no particular order, I'm going to give you some podcast recommendation. Now, the first one that I'm going to talk about is called American Skyjacker. And everybody I have turned on to this ate it up. Like, they couldn't believe that this stuff was real. First of all, you know, 20 years ago when 9-11 happened, when, when that tragic day occurred, and we had uh, hijackers that changed what we think of as hijackers. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. If you're probably 35, maybe you were 15 when 9-11 occurred, or younger, when you think of skyjacking, that's what you think of you know, a, a monstrous event. But for my generation, my generation, it's different. And that's because skyjackings were commonplace. From 1967 until 1972, five years, there were 300, more than 300 commercial airliners hijacked. A hundred of, 130 of those 130 of those were in the United States. That is two hijackings a month. When I was a kid, it was not uncommon to turn on the television and hear Walter Cronkite talk about another skyjacking. And generally, they wanted to be taken to Cuba or some Middle East squabble um, about politics that I frankly didn't understand as a child. There wasn't a lot of hijackings that went south where they wanted something. They weren't out to kill anybody. And so the airline's like, yeah, I guess it's the cost of doing business. You could walk on a plane. There weren't metal detectors. You could bring anything on it you want. But it wasn't until D.B. Cooper in 1971 
hijacked that Norwest Airlines, Northwestern Airlines, called the Norwest Skyjacking or something like that. And he got $200,000 in cash and disappeared. Presumed dead, but no proof that things started to change. In an American skyjacker, it tells the story of a guy named Martin McNally. He saw what D.B. Cooper did, and he thought, well, I can do that. He had never jumped out of an airplane before. He said he had a bomb on the plane. Most everybody got off except the crew. They gave him not 200000 but $500,000. He asked for five parachutes. He'd never parachuted before in his life. The pilot had to show him how to put the parachute on. And he opened up three of them to make sure they weren't dummy parachutes. And when he got to the fourth one, he goes, okay, that's good. And he jumped out of the plane. And that was the beginning of his story. The guy's still alive, and he narrates a lot of his story. And listening to him tell it is unbelievable. I think this is my number one podcast that I recommend. I just could not stop listening to it. And maybe it's because of the era in which it all occurred. All right, another pod- podcast is by Mo Rocca. He's, you might see him on CBS Sunday Morning, Sunday Morning Show. Um, he has a podcast called Mobituaries, where he talks about dead things. Now, you might think it's people, and, and sometimes it is. He did one on Laura Branigan. He did one on Chang and Ng, the Siamese twins. But he also did one on, like, the station wagon, you know, the last commercial station wagon. You know, I was a kid. There were no minivans. Minivans got rid and made obsolete the station wagon. But we lived in those things as families. They piled us in there, especially that unsafe area in the way, way back. He also did one that I thought was fascinating is the deaths in sitcoms. You know, sitcoms are supposed to be funny. Here's an example. In Happy Days, there was an older brother that Richie had named Chuck, and he was in the first few episodes, went upstairs with his basketball, and they wrote him out of the show. He never came down. They just said, yeah, we're not going to talk about it. Fascinating. Rhoda had one. She wanted more money. They wrote her out, brought in Sandy Duncan, changed her her sitcom to a, the Hogan family, I think, and they moved on. It doesn't happen that much in sitcoms. It happens in dramas all the time. But very rarely does it happen in a sitcom. And he talks about some of those. Fascinating. He talked about a guy named Vaughn Meter. He was a comedian. And in the early 60s, he did a spot-on JFK impersonation. He even did an album called First Family that went multi-platinum, like four times platinum. Everybody in the country listened to it and loved it. And of course, his career came to a crashing halt when JFK was assassinated. No, no more work for him, obviously. And his life changed forever. And he lived quite a bit longer after that, but I think he became, uh, I think he started drinking heavily, and it was just a crazy situation. An excellent podcast, Mobituaries, check it out. Okay, like I said, I've done a lot of true crime, and there's basically two types of true crime podcasts. There's lots of them out there. Um, One of the most popular is called Crime Junkie, and there's another one called Criminal, one called Morbid, and, and... let me just say that these people are making tons of money and their product is fine. I listen to them, but they're not my favorite and I'll tell you why. They don't really do any investigative journalism. What they do is they get online, they learn about the case, they write a script, and then they 
chat about it, talk about it. It's not like heavy hitting, you know, investigative new types of information. They just kind of rehash the case. And sometimes they make fairly judgmental calls. And that's fine. It's not, like I say, it's, it's not bad. I would, I would give it three and a half stars, but I, I really wouldn't give it more than that. Here's the kind of true crime I like. I like the type, kind of true crime where they have a series, not, not like Crime Junkie where every episode is a different crime. A series that has maybe eight episodes, maybe six to ten on the same crime, and they're investigating this as they go. It is a true investigative podcast. Takes months, if not years, to do and produce. And then they release it to the world. And sometimes they change things. So a couple of the ones that I really liked, and this one blows my mind, and you may have seen this on like 2020 or ID Discovery, is a podcast called Down the Hill. And it takes place in an Indiana town where two little girls named Abby and Libby, both probably around 13-ish, 12 to 14 years old, are found murdered. They disappear. Their family can't find them. They start looking, and they find them murdered. And this just shocks this town. But here's the crazy part. On, I believe it's Libby's phone, she saw a guy that creeped her out. And she turned it on and took a partial video of him walking across this bridge where they were on. It's like a footbridge an old trestle. And there's a a grainy picture of him. You can see what he's wearing. You can't see his face very well. But you can see the clothes he's wearing, the kind of the way he walks his build. And then you actually have an audio clip saying, guys, down the hill. And in spite of that, they have not been able to find this man. So there has been all kinds of wild speculation. Is it a local? Is it a passerby? He had to have known the area. Whatever it is, they, and there's lots of evidence that they haven't shared. It's an ongoing investigation. But the fact that, that they have a, the murderer on camera and audio tape and they can't find him still after, what, four years? That's something that probably has never happened before where the victim took out their phone videoed the killer the killer didn't know it and the police have it and they can't get him so that that just fascinates me and i think that they will eventually solve that case but unbelievable another one called dr death this is unbelievable as well it's about a a doctor oncologist a cancer doctor up in the detroit area who basically treated not just hundreds but maybe thousands of people for cancer when they never had it It was a money-making, unbelievable deal he had going. And a nurse finally kind of was the whistleblower. It's like, what what are you doing? None of these protocols are right. And, man, can you imagine being told, hey, after you've gone through chemo and all these treatments and then being told, well, I got good news and bad news. One, you don't have cancer. And they go, oh, thank God. And two... You never did. Imagine that. And some of the people did die. Unreal. A crazy season two of Dr. Death. One that's been in the news recently. There's, there's a guy named uh, Chris Lambert, podcaster. Had never done a podcast before. This kid grew up West Coast area, 
Portland or Seattle, I can't remember. But every day when he was a kid, he'd drive by in his mom's car or whatever, a billboard. Have you seen Kristen Smart? She disappeared 26 years ago, 24 years ago in 1996. And he finally decided to do a podcast about it. It's called Your Own Backyard. And as he investigated all of this and interviewed people, kind of brought new light onto this case, a lot of things came out. They had a suspect named Paul Flores. Paul Flores was a student at Cal Poly, uh, same where um, this girl was. Her, her parents lived up, up uh, I think, further north. But anyway, um, she was drunk, being walked home by, I don't know, three or four different students to her dorm room. And as they were passing these dorms, the students would peel off and, you got her? Yeah, I got her. Okay, I'm going to my dorm. And they peeled off till there's one guy, Paul Flores, another student. And they never saw that girl again. And they couldn't charge and they had no evidence. There was no body. Think about it. How would a college kid get rid of a body? That's not easy. Well, they think they buried it in his parents' backyard with the help of his father. That's why it's called your own backyard. Anyway, long story short, listen to it. There's been recent developments in the case, basically because of his podcast. Unreal. Another one I love called business wars and every season and the seasons flow one after the other they uh, chronicle two seemingly business rivals and their history and one of my favorites i think was blockbuster versus netflix that's a common one that but there's a lot more of that story than you think maybe you saw on netflix the recent uh, documentary the last blockbuster which is excellent still in business in oregon i believe they have, they've done Chick-fil-A versus KFC, Patagonia versus The North Face, Match.com versus eHarmony was one of my favorites. There's um, so many different business models that have collided as rivals, and he talks about them, and they're, they're really interesting. They're usually about six episodes long, so it's a pretty deep dive into the history of the companies, their philosophy, their ups and downs. You know, Levi's versus Wrangler was a really interesting one. I've talked about the fact that nobody wears, wears jeans anymore, which makes me sad. You know, everything is a, a legging now for ladies. I still, ladies, if you got the body, go rock some Levi hip, hip huggers. That is sexier than any legging to me that you could, you could buy. Yoga pants, whatever. You know, 70s cool. Go back and look at your parents' or grandparents' yearbooks. And see how the way they rocked clothes. We cared about the way we looked back then when we bought our Levi's. All right. Let's say you're not into any of that. There's a few others I have recommendations for. If you're a nature lover, National Geographic's got a really good one. There's a guy named Chris Morgan that does a podcast called The Wild. And he just his latest episode was about jaguars in Belize, I believe. Totally cool, man. I really dig him. Unbelievable. Um, Chicano Squad. This is the craziest. It's the kind of history that gets lost. So in the late 60s, early 70s, in Houston, Texas, Houston was the largest police force in the country that had no internal review. And they were basically known as just wild cowboys that got away with whatever. A lot of police corruption a lot of police brutality. A lot of it was on, you know, people of color. And it all came to a head when police arrested some 
um, guy in a bar named Jose Campos. Jose Campos was a Vietnam veteran, possibly had a drinking problem, but didn't matter. He got drunk in a bar. They called, he was a regular, they called the police and they said, you know, let's teach this guy a lesson. So they took him out some secluded area and they beat the shit out of him. And then they said, okay, now we'll take you to jail after we've roughed you up a little bit. Well, when they got to jail, to the jail, the, the guy at the jail wouldn't let him book him. Said, you all cannot keep bringing these people for us to put in jail after you've beat the shit out of them. You need to take them to a hospital. Because apparently there has had been some blowback on that. You know, people that need medical attention are thrown to a cell and some of them may have died or who knows what. But so they said, okay, we'll take him to the hospital. That's not what they did. They took him back out, beat him up some more, called a few of their friends, threw him over a bridge in the water where he ended up drowning because he was so beat up and um, left. Well, there was a problem. When this family finally, you know, we have a missing relative here and his body was discovered. <laughs> Mistakenly, the guy did put him into custody in the Houston PD in the, in the, in the jail. It's like, well, how can he be in jail and be dead floating in this body of water? And that's when everything changed. It's awful. So anyway, they, they um, hired a bunch of police officers or promoted them to detective, even though they didn't have the training because they spoke Spanish. They said, you guys are the Chicano squad. Your job is to solve Hispanic crime. And they just dumped like 140 unsolved murders on their desk and, the, and it's not that they couldn't have been solved before but the police didn't speak spanish and these guys did so they started solving them and the community started trusting them and they started doing this for over 40 years fascinating stories some of the guys are still alive telling you the stories they worked their asses off they, they lost their families because they were all workaholics, so dedicated. And a few years ago, it was interesting, Houston opened up a, um, a police museum, not one mention of the Chicano squad. Kind of tells you a lot right there. A great podcast. I could go on and on. There's another one called Finding Cleo. If you ever wondered, you know, how... <laughs> or ruminated about how awful Native Americans were treated in this country, it wasn't much different in Canada. And they took a lot of indigenous people and put them in residential schools that were god-awful. And there was one podcast that talked about this, and it was called Finding Cleo. It was fascinating. Cleo ended up being adopted out. Um, nobody knew. She also ended up missing... A lot of this podcast was excellent investigative journalism. I highly recommend that. I could probably give you 10 more, but those podcasts alone, they're going to keep you busy. So there's not no chalky chalk report today. Things have been good. It'd just be all the same old, same old. Here we have about 20 minutes of podcast recommendations. I don't think I gave you too much info, but give them a listen. Start with American Skyjacker. This is episode 38. Been doing this for over a year now, a year and a month. Amazing. Guys, at the end of this week, I'm going to the casino. Yes, going up to Oklahoma. Visit Cousin Danny. 
If you want to know about Cousin Danny, listen to the Cousin Danny episode. Scroll down. I don't know which episode it is. I have a nice interview with Cousin Danny, and that's the world I'm going to be entering. It's a fascinating world. Ponca City, Oklahoma. Anyway, I'm going to go up. I'm going to have a good time. My mom's turning 88. My brother, my mom, and me, we're going to be meeting down at the, uh, up at the Windstar Casino on Monday night. If you're in the area, give me a call. We'll have a drink. Do some gambling. Maybe have a smoke. You know, it's a casino. I mean, if you don't smoke, you might as well. I'd like to thank my underwriters, Matt Beards. Super groovy. We're going to Vegas in a month. Yeah, I've been, I've been vaccinated. I'm on. It's over for me. I'm going to wear a mask. I'm, if I, I, haven't, I haven't gone anywhere because I haven't been vaccinated. If I can't go out now, what was the point of getting it? That's the way I look at it. I'm still careful. A Purell like a mofo and mask like a mofo. People are just vestules of microbes. I'd like to thank my buddy Johnny. Son Will's an underwriter. Allison's an underwriter. Consider being one. Guys, click the button. Leave me a voicemail. Click the button. Support this podcast. I'm sure that just listening to this free entertainment of the podcast I've just given you is worth 99 cents. All right, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next episode.